It's a place that she had never really been before, and nor did she ever want to be there, and it seemed like a totally irrational reason that she was even taking the seat. At the very front, watching as the judge made a pronouncement. She was curious, what was it going to be? What was he going to say? In the moments that had proceeded, three different people had taken the stand as testimonies on her behalf. She knew beyond a shadow of a doubt what was true and what was right and what the verdict should be. But still, voices have a tendency to twist the truth. Uncertainty rises up and you just aren't sure ever how the verdict will render. She remembers back to moments before where her husband had taken the stand. Doug sat looking at the judge and looking at the entire audience that was sitting before them. The jurors, each one in the boxes, he declared, I know for a fact that she's a mom. You see, I, I married her when she was just 19 years old. And, and we had our first daughter shortly after. And then it didn't take very long until our boys were born. And then 10 years after that, our daughter was born and I watched her. I watched her stay at home with our kids each and every day, raising them and caring for them. She made sure that they got off to school in one piece and came home and were filled with good things like love and grace and compassion. She taught our children to love Jesus packing them into the minivan every single Sunday, even on Sundays when I had to work, and she would tote them off to church, helping them to love Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. I'm not sure exactly what a mother is supposed to be according to the definition of the court, but I can tell you this, from as her husband, I have watched her mother, our five children. The second person to take the stand was a face that she had seen and one that was, had brought her shock and uncertainty all along the way. Dr. Padalino sat in the box, swearing that he would tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. He said, I was there the day the boys were born. As a matter of fact, I was the one who did the ultrasound. Now, back in those days, they didn't work quite as well as they do today, and so we only saw two babies. But I was there the moment that they were born, the first one, the second one, and when I told her, oh, my goodness, Jody, there is a third. She didn't have enough time to be caught off guard because there he was, three minutes after the last. I cut their umbilical cords. I wrapped them up and cleaned them. I weighed them. I gave them their Apgar scores. I sent them off to the nursery. It was the first set of triplets to ever be born in Wheeling General Hospital. I know for a fact this woman is a mother because I was there for the physical birth of her triplets. And then her daughter took the stand. And as she sat there, she began to weep. Because there had never been a woman who had put up with so much junk. She had raised that daughter to love Jesus beyond all measure. The daughter confessed of all the times that she had messed up and how forgiveness had been poured out, and if mother is anything, she is forgiving. She is gracious. 
She is compassionate. But she also disciplines her children. And as she molded and made discipline in me, it helped perform me to be the woman that I am today. The jury comes back, they sit in the box, and and there's murmurs in the back. You can hear them. Well, she was so young, how could she really be a mother? Her mother died when she was nine. How could she ever have even known how to do it right? All the negative voices begin to creep in, and they just wonder how many of those voices are going to penetrate into the verdict that is about to be rendered. The judge looks over and says, what is the verdict? And they said, we affirm today that Jody Smith is a mom. Will you stand today for the reading of God's word from the book of 1 John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. We're in the series. We're going to walk in the light. We're going to do a little more walking. We're going to keep walking today. How's that sound? Walk in the light. One more week after this one. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by the shedding of his blood on the cross. Not only by, not by water only, but by water and blood and the Spirit, who is truth confirms it with his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. And since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God, and God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they do not believe what God has testified about his son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have have the son does not have life. The word of God for the people of God. You can be seated. John continues to talk to this people of, these people of Ephesus. And if you were here last week, you know, last week it was all about Antichrist and behaviors that are Antichrist-like. Have you been dealing with any of those this week? Have you been working on it? Did you talk about it in your life group? Going, okay, what kind of Antichrist behaviors have I got going on? If you weren't here last week and that word triggered you, you'll just have to go back online and listen to it, honey. I'm not re-preaching it today. You don't want me to. And we go from that conversation into a conversation where John finds us again. 
He actually, he draws us into a courtroom setting where Jesus Christ is the one who is the defendant. And John begins to share with the people, this is the true Christ. And here is how we know that it is true. Jesus sits at the very front and he is watching as the courtroom proceeds and he can hear the words and the voices in the very back. They're murmuring the lies that we've heard over and over again, that there is no way that Jesus can be the Son of God. There is no way that he could have come in full flesh and blood and ministered to the people of God. There's no way that he died for our sins and for our brokenness. And those murmurs arise and people begin to believe the lies that they hear about who Christ is and who he isn't. And as the murmurs are making their way around the courtroom, the judge pounds the gavel and invites the very first defendant to the stage, the very first testimony to the platform. And in the box there sits his mother, Mary. This beautiful and marvelous woman that you can tell has been beaten by years of uncertainty and death and detriment and yet life and Holy Spirit guidance, and there she sits. Looking at everyone in the courtroom, those who do not believe that she is truly the mother of the very Son of God. So Mary, tell us, how do you know that this Jesus is the Messiah? She gets a far-off look in her eyes as she just begins to stare and think. She remembers those moments. Actually, the very moment. As a scared teenage girl, and she begins to share, I, I had no clue. I had no idea what was going on, and all of a sudden, this angelic being is there right in front of me. And I see him, and he sees me, and the acknowledgement is there, and then he declares to me that I'm going to be with child. I wasn't married, like they could have stoned me for that, but God protected me. And I know that the spirit was involved because the angel Gabriel told me, Mary, you are going to be with child and that child will be the son of God. And when I asked how that would even happen because I was a virgin, the angel told me that the Holy Spirit would come upon me and give life to my son Jesus. I saw all kinds of crazy things throughout his life. I watched him grow, and most kids are out kicking the ball around or hanging out with friends. Jesus would end up in the temple, hanging out with a bunch of old people, talking about his father God. It was crazy, and then, and then I was there in those moments, his very first miracle, when he turned water into wine, and I saw it with my own eyes, and I watched as over and over and over again, the Father God began to flow miracles through his very hands. I don't know what to tell you. He was all God and all human and born of blood and water of my body. I was there, I saw it, I experienced it in a manger with crazy shepherds and all kinds of animals and a bunch of people I didn't know and a big town full of noise and uncertainty. He was brought into this world. 
And I was there when they persecuted him. I watched him flogged and beaten, nails piercing his hands to a wooden beam, and I literally watched his very last breath. Who would die for people like us? Who would go willingly to a cross when they were innocent and he was innocent? Who would do that? Mm. Only God himself would do that for us. She sat down in her seat. And they called the next witness to the stand. He stood very upright. He looked like someone who was a very professional in his demeanor and had seen a lot in his days. He was not a Jew like Mary, but he was a Roman. And he sat there very certain of the testimony he was about to give. The questions began to roll. How did you know Jesus? He said, well... I saw him in this olive garden. One of his disciples, the guys that followed him around, he, he said that, I don't know, he betrayed him for a bag full of coins or something, and they asked me to go and keep guard, and so I stood and I watched. And this guy, they arrested him with a kiss. I don't even know what was going on, but all I know is that he willingly came with us when I don't think he had to. Like this really rough and tough looking dude that was standing next to him got out a sword and cut somebody's ear off. And then instead of like running away in the chaos, Jesus picks up the ear. He reprimands his own disciple and he sticks the ear back on. I saw it. It was crazy. It was, it was in that moment that I began to wonder, who is this guy really? So I watched I watched as he went before Pontius Pilate, and, and I watched as he was declared guilty. I was there as rods were used to beat crowns with thick two-inch thorns down upon his head, and as he bled, he could have declared he was innocent at any time, but he never said so. I really think he could have gotten out of this if he wanted to. He could have said the right things and done the right things and answered the questions the right way and been able to just go home, but he didn't. And I didn't fully understand why. I watched as a cat of nine tails was used to rip the flesh off of his back until blood covered every inch of the ground surrounding the post. I don't even know how he did it. He then picked up this, this crazy huge beam and he put it on his back and strapped it and, and walked up the road to the hill where he would be crucified. Blood followed all of the way up the trail. I watched them nail his hands and his feet I watched the blood and the water flow. I heard the murmurs of everyone in the background beginning to, to share and to talk. We all had felt uncertainty up to this point, but I think it was at that very moment. He prayed these words, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them? Forgive me? Forgive us? 
We didn't even have to break his legs for him to die. He had been beaten so badly, he did it on his own. And in his very last breath, as he did, the curtain in the temple was ripped in two. I heard that story later, crazy thing. And the thunder rolled, and lightning struck, and the mountain roared as Jesus died. And I knew in that moment that he truly was the Son of God. The Roman soldier took his seat as the next witness took the stand. This time it looked like a dude who had been fishing. Whether it was for people or humans, and his hands looked a little worn like he'd written one too many books. And when the judge asked him, what is your name? He said, I am the disciple whom Jesus loved. The judge rolled his eyes and went on. Okay, how did you know this Jesus? He said, well, listen, my brother and I, we were just hanging out. We had seen this guy, his cousin, John the Baptist, and we started following him. We were real curious about what this Jesus was going to do. We knew a Messiah was coming, and so we were on the lookout. John the Baptist was crazy, wearing camel's hair and eating bugs out in the wilderness, and we thought this dude must know something. So we followed him around, and then eventually we saw Jesus, and he said he wanted us to follow him, and we're like, we're in, let's go. He called us sons of thunder. Man, I watched all kinds of craziness. I was there in those moments when John the Baptist actually took Jesus into the water, and and Jesus and John were arguing back and forth. Jesus said, you're going to baptize me. And John said, I can't baptize you. And Jesus said, yes, you're going to. And he said, no, I can't. And he said, just do it already. And he said, all right then. And so he takes Jesus, and he dunks him down in the water. And when he comes, the holy heavens open up, and the Spirit comes down like a dove. And we heard this voice acknowledging that Jesus was the Son of God. And that was it, man. I was in after that. I was in. The Spirit had spoken. The dove had come. God was there. And and we were all present and listening. And we begin walking with Jesus. And we can see all kinds of stuff. Like Jesus is touching people ain't nobody going to touch. There's lepers and diseases and all kinds of things that are all around us. And Jesus is healing people left and right. And even Lazarus, his best friend, died. Dude stinketh in a tomb. Jesus is like, roll that sucker away and bring him out. And there he was, standing and living. I don't know what you're talking about, but what I'm talking about is a Jesus who does miracles. And those things didn't just come from him. They came because he truly was the Messiah. I listened to Jesus talk about his death, but I didn't really get it until I watched it. Everybody else was out hiding, and there I was sitting at the foot of the cross wondering what in the world is going on. If this guy really is God, if he really is the Messiah, then how in the world is he going to die in these very moments? What happens? The world breaks apart. I thought the same thing that you all thought. There's no way that Jesus can be the Messiah while he's hanging up on a cross. Blood and water flow. And he died. I thought that was the end. 
Man, the ladies were going to put spices on his body. That was, the, that was the end of the road. I had no clue. But then Mary Magdalene comes in and says that Jesus is gone, that the tomb is empty. And so Peter and I had a race. Peter didn't know it was a race, but it was, and I got there first. And I looked in, and I saw what was going on. And what had happened was that Jesus had risen from the dead. I don't know about you, but normal people don't do that. And he, and he had risen, and he came, and he met with us, and he began to speak and to teach, and he was there. He let us touch the holes in his hands, he cooked some fish on the beach with us, and we ate it there together. He wasn't a ghost. It wasn't an apparition, and we didn't eat some funky mushrooms. Seriously. Jesus was there. He was alive. I watched him ascend into heaven as he left this earth and went to be with the Father. And I was there the moment that the mighty rushing windstorm whipped through the house and all of us were baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was there when I watched Peter. I mean, the one the soldier mentioned earlier, the crazy cutting off dude, the burly dude. Yeah, that went, uh uh-huh. He all of a sudden is, is baptized with the Holy Spirit and is standing in front of people, speaking in a language that everybody in the whole place can understand from countries all over Asia and Europe and Northern Africa. And they're all standing there and they're listening and hearing the word of God in their very own tongue. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a Messiah to me. It sounds like the one true living God. And the jurors left. They left their seats to go and debate, is this Jesus truly the Messiah? In the Old Testament, and several times in the New Testament, we find over and over again that they said there have to be two, and three, two or three witnesses for something to be counted into fact. If you read this passage in 1 John um, chapter 5 for the very first time by yourself, and this was the New Living Translation. This was the easy version, y'all. You pull out the ESV and do it like we did in, in study this week, and people are going, what in the world is that gibberish? It sounds a little bit crazy because we don't think in terms like that. But they did. They said, if, if you want to prove that something is true, you need two or three witnesses to come about. And so John is literally giving a court case to the people of Ephesus. And he's saying, I want you to listen. The testimonies have been given through water. The birth of Jesus, the baptism of Jesus, the water that flowed from his body and his death. The water tells a story. The blood, the blood from his birth, the blood at the beating, the blood that led to the cross, the blood that flowed from his side, the blood that washes you white as snow. It gives a testimony that he truly is Jesus, the Messiah. And the Spirit If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you are allowing the Lord to lead your life, then you know who that Holy Spirit is because he's speaking and working. Isn't he? He should be. 
He's speaking and working in our hearts and lives, and he is declaring that Jesus is Lord and that God is the ruler of all things and that you, if you believe, are a child of this Most High God. That is what is declared. And the testimony of Mary and the testimony of the soldier and that of John all stand in affirmation of the things that we see over and over and over again in Scripture. Man, just open up to Isaiah 53 and read the prophecy that was given about the Messiah and then read the New Testament. You're the jurors. The world is the juror. And the problem is that Jesus is no longer walking in flesh and blood around this earth for people to see. There is not a moment where people can go, this was Jesus because I saw him. John tells us, blessed are those who believe without seeing. Anybody can see it and believe it's true. You're blessed when you believe it, even though you can't see him. Not only are we the jurors, but we are now participants as the body and blood and water and spirit of Christ that lives and breathes in this world today. You are Jesus. That's your calling. Man, that's intimidating. I don't know about you, but I mess up. I'm far from perfect. Real far. And yet, Jesus is using us as a testimony to the world that he is God, that he is still in the business of healing lives. He's still in the business of transforming spirits. He is still in the business of bringing hope to dead places. He is still in the business of offering mercy when you don't think you're worthy of it. And you're probably not, but guess what? He's waiting there with it anyways. He's just waiting. He's there to be compassionate, and he does it through us. Man, I think about going to Target, Dayton, and packing up meals this Saturday, and I just get stoked because I get to go be the hands of Jesus. Or in January, when we got all those clothes together and we shipped them over to Out of Darkness, Columbus, and the song Rock of Ages, talking about clothe me as if I were naked, and we take those things and we physically do the things that Jesus has called us to do. You are the witnesses to what Christ has done. What are you going to do with that witness? As the worship team comes today, you can stand where you are and let's just give this over to the Lord for a bit. Heavenly Father, Many of us have sat in the juror's box and we have listened to the testimonies and we stand in affirmation that we know that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior of all things. And we seek to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light because we understand that our role is to be Christ to the world. 
We also understand that sometimes we mess the whole thing up, and so we ask you to forgive us for the times we have and guide us by your hand. Lead us to do what you have called us to do, to be Christ to our world. And Lord, some of us are sitting in here today, and we just showed up because our mama asked us to. But we've listened to your word and to the testimony of of your people and something in our hearts is stirring and we go, we don't know what it is. We, We know that Jesus is real, but I know that I haven't given my life to him and so today is the day of salvation. God, I pray that you will speak to hearts today. Oh, that you'll just shake them up. You'll shake out the junk and the sin and the death and the hurt that keeps us bound to Satan and to sin and that you will lead us into life everlasting, oh God. And church, as we sing Waymaker again today, I just want to invite you. Our altars are always open. Or maybe it's just a moment where you need to look at the person next to you and you need to go, Listen, I know that my testimony hasn't been very good for Jesus lately, but I'm working on it and I need you to help me. And we partner together and we live life together and we ask for forgiveness because Jesus is waiting to give it to us and we ask for mercy because he is waiting to be merciful and loving. God, accept our song as a fragrant offering to you today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Can you testify today, church, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Amen. As you go from this place today, may the Lord fill you with his many blessings. May he guide you by his Holy Spirit. May he affirm in your heart and your life on a daily basis that you are his child of God. And may he lead you to testify to the world of his goodness. Amen.